0: Hello, and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we discuss an off-forgotten installment in a franchise and see if you should check it out for yourself. I'm one of your Corey Cory, and in the words of Chugs, whatever, move it, loser. Not my fault, you're gay. And with me, I've got Leo.
1: Friend me on Facebook, I'll totally confirm. Fuck, that was mine.
2: <laughs> that was mine. Just plenty to choose from, come on. Okay, okay, okay I've got another, another one. one. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, I've always had your back. But you've never had a backbone Dude that's like An emo <laughs> lyric from it,
1: 2009
0: dude, Yeah what MCR song is that Yeah <laughs> Fuck um, Another candidate for mine was I like being your friend Because it makes me multicultural without having to Do anything
2: That's very 2009 Dang, Corey just likes all the <laughs> offensive
1: ones You're terrible Corey you're a <laughs> terrible person I
0: can say the first one
1: Corey you're being borderline well, Maybe I should <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's one that we cannot. You can't do that one. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I guess that would. Be, it's weird to say that I'm sorry. It's like good. I guess that we're not doing that. But uh, yeah, I can bri- make fun
1: of the gays and the other races, but I draw the line at <laughs> mentally handicapped people. Okay.
0: Yeah, this is a. Yeah, this was a bit of a minefield. Uh, Sorority Row, 2009. There are some quotes and various things that you just we just sort of can't say. Because it's twenty twenty-three and we just kind of don't do that anymore. So that'll be a little bit of a navigation
1: station situation. I but, think uh, we're we're all right to uh to quote them if we're talking about them directly. It's scholarly. We'll be alright. Yeah, you
0: I think you get diplomatic immunity or something. Yeah. We'll find out. If this is the last episode if they made another one, that's what happened.
2: We did Gatorbait too. Well I we didn't. found out but that's a slur halfway through the podcast, apparently. So we'll be fine.
0: It was way more than halfway.
2: Yeah, it was actually like right in you the You guys end. were like,
0: done. And you were like, oh no, we've said something we shouldn't have. Like a lot. Like, yeah. so,
2: you know. At least we didn't talk about a kid's riz. That's true. That was another one of Corey's classic pitfalls. <laughs> classic blunder.
0: Are you telling me that white guys made a podcast and said said irresponsible things? I can't believe it. If anything, we just fit in now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, sorority row, two thousand nine. This feels like this movie's like cultural place is like the crescendo of the the slasher remake wave. I know it's not actually the last one, but I feel like it's the one that screams its era the most. Does that sentence make sense? Yeah. Like it feels the most emblematic of that wave, I think, or at least I figured it was.
1: Yeah, I think I think so too. I think uh, you know it's it's coming at the end of the decade, so it's got a whole decade of uh, of tropes and and pop culture references to draw on, um, and 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 like we were talking about. Uh, Honestly, we, we, we in the Avatar episode we talked a lot about how things kind of changed after 2009, and and they changed in, in a lot of ways, not just in action movie cinema. And so after 2009, uh, gradually horror started to change too. We we got into uh, um, a lot more ghosty uh, areas. Um, a lot Paranormal more uh, activity happened that's true yeah uh, we got some found footage and then we eventually by the mid2000s were into like prestigious horror so um, this is really a, a unique uh, reckoning of of everything that the 2000s horror kinda yeah. kind of well, put forth both good and bad
0: it's also post saw so it's got like that very like that torture porn horror kind of if not Exactly. Like I feel like there was an aesthetic that went along with those that probably. Oh, I w- I'm reluctant to say overstated. It's welcome, but like it was on a lot of movies. You know what I mean? Like that dingy, washed out kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I think that also comes from stuff like Hostel and also the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake um, and its sequel. Like those those movies just feel really dirty and grimy, and we kind of saw that with with House of Wax two thousand five, right in the middle of the two thousands. And I think I think by the end of the two thousands here, we're getting into a bit more. uh, We're going. It's almost going back to the early two thousands where it is kind of a more fun and glitzy again um but you're you're totally right it still does have that that dark edge to uh a lot of the kills for sure
0: yeah and there's like that like self-aware cynicism that feels very like late aughts like (laughs) yeah and i the 2010s
1: I think that comes from you know stuff like Facebook, MySpace, even like uh, bro culture online. Like this was the era that like um, revenge porn websites were were really uh, like a, a big thing. Like they were making like you know headlines because websites were started where where um, people could just like send in. Uh, nudes of someone that they knew and they would just get posted online and like there there wasn't an immediate crackdown on stuff like that it was sort of uh the internet was still blowing up in this in this weird way where people didn't know what to do with it and and um and so i think it it it, it led to this this weird point in culture this this weird irreverent point in culture that that hadn't uh hadn't yet gotten sorted out and maybe never will
0: yeah no, I think that's I think that's a good point. It, I feel like we don't always we don't always end up with a movie when we're doing this because, like well we always end up with a movie when we're doing this, except for that one time. but um, I, more what I mean is like I feel like we don't always end up with a movie that feels so emblematic of when it was made because usually with a lot of remakes when they're trying to ape off of something that already exists, like they try to ape the qualities of that. And so it's like, Oh, it's a movie from the two thousands, but it's trying to give the energy of like a movie from the eighties or something. And so it was interesting getting to this and looking at the way, you know, it's being presented in the cast that's here, which I'll get into. And this sort of like this movie, it's as if they were like, we want to make a House on Sorority Row remake that is specifically like a cultural pinpoint of the shift between the late 2000s and the 2010s. It was as if that was the exact explicit goal, which is really odd, but it's interesting.
1: Yeah, and I, I wonder how much of that was, was intentional and how much of it just came from being at the end of the decade and uh, dealing with different things, but... um
2: I probably lean towards the latter. I think it's just that it came out when it came out. You reckon? I reckon. I don't know. I feel like I feel like it was just like trying to be contemporary. Yeah, I feel like maybe
0: even that on its own tends to be a unique thing for some of the movies we end up doing.
2: Yeah, that's fair, especially in this remake territory and in, in the in the 2000s for sure you have a lot of things that are are trying to seem sort of um, nostalgic i think this film still manages to do that and does kind of harken back to like the sorority murder films of like the 80s and 70s and there's it has all the same kind of tropes these elaborate mysteries and you know your your hard drinking sort of uh <laughs> governess miss crenshaw or you can swap around for the lady in in black christmas. christmas yeah uh so you know you've got like these characters and these these uh the the, the iconography of like of this sort of genre of movie um but it does feel updated
0: yeah it's cool i like doing remakes a lot because you can try to pinpoint that i actually think and uh drink uh how many times i mentioned this movie today but i think uh when a stranger calls did the same thing but that was largely by virtue of the presence of flip phones where there's a little bit more to it than that but also has the presence of flip phones And if you think that's the only time I'm going to mention what a stranger calls today, you're incorrect.
1: Corey has some PSP memories with this cast.
0: <laughs> I don't think I do. No. Um, man. though I was talking to Liam and saying that it felt like I recognized a lot of these people, but I didn't know why. Um, I don't think that was why. <laughs> I've gotten to the bottom of that much. Um Man, we've really verbed PSP into a whole other thing, huh?
1: That's because you verbed with your PSP and it was it just stuck out. <laughs> I think verbed is the it.
0: term. We're going to see how many weeks in a row we can make avatar references. I think verbed is what it is when mm. they put the tail thing in the other thing. Isn't that what that's called?
1: <laughs> that's right. Yes, exactly <laughs> what you did with your PSP.
0: <laughs> that's what UMDs are
2: for, bro. Um, I think. I, th- I was gonna say I think one of the reasons why this movie feels so transgressive in a lot of ways is that is that it is using like the language of those 80s slashers while like it's weirdly contemporary, right? So like it, it's a kind of movie that that doesn't really get made anymore. That it's existing in a tradition of movies uh, that used to be like all the rage, but it, it feels very contemporary. Like it's got all the like, the sleaze of right so like an 80s movie um but it feels it feels and it is more contemporary so it's a bit uh disarming
0: yeah i think a lot of movies we get now especially larger ones feel like they're made in this sort of like context-free like timeless like vacuum and i guess i guess what i'm saying is it was fun to have a movie that has such a distinct sense of like time or when it was made uh which is interesting because I have no idea if the original movie has that because I did not end up watching The House on Sorority Row. I believe some of us intended on doing that. Did any of us do that?
2: No, I, I'm familiar with it, but I've never seen. I've never actually like seen it. I've heard of it and read about it, but alas. No, yeah, I, di- I didn't watch it either. I'd like to
1: get to it. And if I do, I'll bring it up on, on whatever episode that happens in front of. But yeah. I just have this.
0: I was curious, but yeah, I miss it too. House on Sorority Row is... Um, early i guess it depends on how you want to find i was going to say early slasher wave but depending on how you define slashers like slashers may have been around for like almost a decade depending on how you want to make the argument because the movie's from 82
1: yeah i mean some people would say that the slasher boom was over by then um
0: which is like i is that i don't know if that's true
1: some people would say it. I mean, I know, you, you, like, yeah, you got to it's it's definitely arguable um, because uh, Halloween happened at the end of the 70s and then Friday really kicked it into high gear. And so 80, 81, 82, yeah. you've got so much stuff. So, you know, a lot of people were probably over it, especially at the time, sort of like how found footage just feels like it went on forever with us um, when really, you know, it, it might not have been as long as we felt Um or we might have been over it long before it actually ended, um, and then it—you it, could say that it might have taken something like *Nightmare on Elm Street* to then, you know, kickstart the slasher thing again. Um, certainly, slashers—I I wouldn't say slashers were dead at any point in the '80s, but—but but I do understand the the argument that that there was such a boom right at the beginning.
2: Some people argue that the slashers came about in like the late sixties too, like depending upon who you talk to and and how like if they're willing to look at other like international examples of movies that are a lot like the American slashers, right? So
0: Yeah, I also been... think it's just interesting, like Liam saying that uh Elm Street like re-kickstarted it, because I think that's part of what makes it feel like it had like it didn't stop, right? Is like right in the year where you're like, ah, this would probably be it. It was like, what if we made one of the most prominent examples of the genre right in the middle of like when you'd think it would decline? And then it just kept going for like the entire rest of the decade and into the like early years of the 90s.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it really is fascinating. I would, I would love to have lived during that time and, and just actually be able to feel it out because you know you can only gather so much from from reading about it um and the fact that the sequels sequels kept going all throughout the 80s but like i just i wonder like what did it actually feel like what was the um and maybe it was harder to tell what it felt like back then because we didn't have as many main hubs as we do now to see what things felt like um yeah fascinating stuff
0: i do wonder like how sick of it were audiences actually because i think the internet does a good job of maybe heightening reactions to things generally but also like in specific to like uh pop culture anything or like mm-hmm. prominent anything so like i'm sure people were over it but like were people over it in the same way that like people get over things now after like a week of it existing and then it just dies like or People go like, why are we getting another, I don't know, you could say it about superhero movies, you could say it about like horror franchises that are on their like eighth movie or something, you could do it with the found footage boom that we had, you could do it with like a bunch of things, but, you know, I think it's worse now than it was in like the early 2010s, but in terms of reactions. Mm-hmm.
2: I feel like in those early days of the internet too, if you're like trying to gauge public opinion, people like posting on message boards, if you go back and like read stuff, there's not, I find as much like nuanced discussion online as there is now. And That's not to say that online message boards aren't like terrible now, but in Reddit and what have you. But but I feel like if you look back to and you kind of see how people were when they were ranting about in those like 2010s when all of a sudden everything became like a sequel, and the original ip started fading people were like really fucking mad online <laughs> yeah i think <laughs> people
0: i think people are as mad online if not more mad online now though i think the i think so now is that it's about everything and not yeah. movies <laughs> like, yeah
1: <laughs> you guys want to do velma on the show or what oh my god not a chance but the reviews <laughs> are hilarious
0: no i just want people to stop talking about it like it came out and it felt like for days like the only thing i was seeing online was people talking about that fucking show and it's like just don't like it and move on like get the fuck out of here dude i don't care if you don't like it like fuck like
1: maybe so maybe you feel the the way about the velma discourse that people did about slasher movies
0: back then yeah, but I think the the problem is that the people that don't like Velma now won't shut up, and I'm liable to assume that the slasher backlash has to have been like relatively muted comparatively. I, though that now we're like purely in like the fantasy zone without doing any. If we don't do research, right? Like we're just like speculating wildly. <laughs>
1: yeah and also like there was there were less places to to be loud about these things in the 80s you know maybe if if they had the twitter they could have been
0: you'd have to do that what was what was it called there's a name for this uh when everybody went to that baseball stadium and burned a big pile of disco records and like they tried to like kill disco because everybody was so sick of listening to disco somebody help me here do you guys know what i'm talking about
2: I do, but I just don't know what it's called. And I think it's a shame because disco music genuinely goes hard. Fuck them for that.
0: Disco Demolition Night was a Major League Baseball promotion. So this was condoned. Um... At the climax of the event, a crate filled with disco records was blown up on the field between games of a twilight doubleheader between the White Sox and the Tigers. Many of those in attendance had come to see the explosion rather than the games and rushed onto the field after the detonation. The field was so damaged by the explosion that the White Sox were forced to forfeit the second game.
1: <laughs> I guess I didn't think that one through all that. Also, much.
0: Um, there's a bullet point on this Wikipedia page that says non-fatal injuries, and it says zero to thirty. <laughs> And that's like the funniest thing it could possibly say.
1: Wow. Yeah, we don't even know if there was one, but there might have been. There could have been as many 30. as 30. Suspects, Definitely not 31.
0: Dude, suspects approximately 39. Also, Dang. it says the outcome of de- Disco Demolition Night was game two was forfeited. Not that they blew up a bunch of disco records. That wasn't the outcome. The outcome is with the baseball game. Granted, something interesting about Disco Demolition Night. Just to be clear, and I'm going to read this off the Wikipedia page. Disco Demolition Night proceeded and may have helped precipitate the decline of disco in late 1979. Some scholars and disco artists have debated whether the event was expressive of racism and homophobia, and not just hatred of disco. So this could have been Disco Demolition Night. Could have been more like, like bigot party time.
1: I think that I think that's very likely. I think that's um, extremely
0: likely.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't doubt that for a second.
1: And Ugh. I think uh, it uh, it says something that they didn't have slasher demolition night. Maybe they weren't tired of slashers after all.
0: No. I- imagine like, uh, welcome to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. In the middle of the parade, we're going to light the Freddy balloon on fire. No,
1: <laughs> <Though>, no, <laughs> there are there are a whole lot less uh, gay people in in slasher movies. So that's probably why they weren't as mad about it.
0: Yeah, just less gay. Newsflash fuckers, it it's it's been gay the whole time. That's what this movie's about. <laughs> um all right. Let's talk about Sorority Row then. That's about as much cultural context as we probably need. Yeah. I felt like I recognized a lot of the main cast from various places. So when possible, I have got credits and also context for who the person is.
1: Dang, like the credits aren't the context.
0: Not exclusively, not entirely. Interesting. Some of them got a little bit more spice going on. Or at least like it's a credit that we might not normally say. But we're gonna do it here, you know what I mean,
1: right, like one of them was your neighbor,
0: yeah, um, absolutely, yeah, Andy was my neighbor uh so it was awkward to find out he wanted to murder a bunch of people, but Dude, that's how every
1: killer lives next door to someone
0: yeah do you, it's ten p m do you know where your children are? being killed by Andy being killed by Andy tough, you hate to see that um so. We've got Stuart Hendler in the director's chair. Uh, He directed Max Steel. uh, Something called Pretty Tough. And also, this was fascinating to me. um, Halo Forward Unto Dawn. Which is wild.
1: (laughs) Do you guys know what that is? I
0: watched the fuck out of that, dude.
1: I don't know this.
0: Halo Forward Unto Dawn. So, you know Halo, the video games? I know, yeah, yeah. You're familiar with this? So, Forward Unto Dawn was a web series from 2012 that preceded the release of Halo 4. And is like live action. It's like a live action coming of age war thing set in the Halo universe. That was a web series co-produced by Machinima and then later put on Netflix.
2: Yeah, I remember this now. This is bringing some bells.
0: Yeah, dude, dude. Some old bells. Forward Unto Dawn was sick, dude. It was I ambitious. Know, I don't know if I still believe that, but it was ambitious. It's extremely ambitious. The production design was quite high, especially for a web series, and I remember really liking it. Granted, I was a massive, massive, massive Halo fan. So, and I was also uh, 15. So, like, you know, that's not a huge surprise, but that was a very, very unexpected credit. I will say that the reviews at the time were mixed. So, of Halo? Of Halo forward unto Dawn. I think Halo <laughs> universally whips up until about Halo f- 5, and then people start getting upset. About Given that. the scale Shit. of the
2: production, I can't say I'm surprised, right? No. It's a, it's a low budget affair doing something really ambitious, yeah. and that's just like not going to land with a lot of people. Got low budget sci-fi a, doesn't hit with a lot of people and for bro, good reasons but the
0: opening title sequence got nominated for an, a primetime emmy wow good for them uh so that was a fun credit to discover today that was a throwback for sure um the writers are the duo of josh stolberg and pete goldfinger which sounds like a made-up name to be perfectly honest um <laughs> They wrote two episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender and also uh, Piranha 3D, Piranha 3DD, Jigsaw, Spiral, and a movie called Kappa Kappa Die.
2: Okay, so they knew exactly what they were doing. These guys were in their fucking
0: one. bag when they Familiar made this territory. movie. They're like, we wrote late period Saw movies, Piranha, a, a sorority house murder movie, and two episodes of a cartoon. <laughs>
2: and breast piranha movie
0: yes um also mark rosman gets a credit for the screenplay for the original house on sorority row um so this is interesting uh he directed he did a little bit of directing work on none other than lizzie mcguire
2: the one where she goes to europe
0: uh it was the tv show i believe not the movie
2: okay it's a good show
0: yeah Mitch were you a big Lizzie McGuire head? I feel like Liam certainly was.
2: I watched quite a lot of it um, yeah, growing up. My sisters were big Hillary Duff fans and so by extension I I watched a lot of Lizzie McGuire.
1: Yeah, I loved it. I, I liked the realism of it. It was uh it was just a realistic kid show and it also didn't have like the it, it wasn't uh, the sitcom format, right? The standard sitcom format. Right. Like it it felt different. It felt like a like a the way that tv is is more often shot now like a drama tv show but
0: yeah i also i appreciated the realism i too have an animated doppelganger
1: oh that's right there was that part yeah.
0: <laughs> um uh we've got elliot greenberg in the editor's chair uh he worked on chronicle um the bad mm. fantastic four movie uh or at least i shouldn't say that the one that everyone says is bad i never saw it so like maybe it's good i don't know um
1: i remember not liking it when i was a kid and then uh i think you were on you were an adult you were an this adult when this out, one came out,
2: out i was the, this
0: is a miles teller one you're thinking of oh, the
1: other oh. bad
2: one okay i'm thinking of the, yeah, the earlier one
0: <laughs> yeah this is a miles teller one uh and then we've got crawl
2: oh the alligator that's a, that's,
0: that's
1: an awesome movie
0: smile wow and
1: also the haunting in connecticut 2 ghosts of georgia one of the funniest movie titles of all time oh nice dude all roads lead back to it that's a that's a really that's a that's a fun fun resume i wish that chronicle had a sequel because that would be a lot of fun to talk about on the podcast and it's it's odd that it never got one
0: yeah but we'd have to spend the whole time not like trying to dance around talking about how much max landis sucks which would be exhausting (laughs)
1: I think I could do it. I mean, I, when I saw the movie, I had no idea who that guy was, so I could just talk yeah. about the movie.
0: I feel like there's certainly some kind of movie that we've covered where we spend a lot of time talking about somebody, and we just have no idea that they've like gotten up to some shit. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, and and I think we've we've also talked about uh, movies where we know that someone's got up to some shit, and we've talked about it anyway. Yeah, I'm certain.
0: We've also got uh Ken Sang on the cinematography. Another fascinating list. Um, another bungee video game property.
2: <laughs> huh. Uh
0: he was the cinematographer on the live action trailer for Destiny 2. Weird. Uh and also uh, quarantine, uh the the remake of Wreck, uh, which we can do on the show.
2: We should do that because
1: Rex really great. Yeah, we could go all sorts of directions because Quarantine also has a sequel, and Rex has a bunch of sequels too. Um, he
0: also shot a movie that I remember uh, loving when I was a teenager,
2: Project X. <laughs> oh, you're a Project I... X guy. Oh, oh, oh! I remember not really
1: liking it.
0: I was a Project X guy.
1: Wow. I haven't dude. seen it in a long time, but. I would love that. That also feels like a movie that I wish had a sequel so we could dude, talk about it on the show. I know. Um, we should do a group watch of that because my project, X Memories, I saw it once. Uh, how, like, I picked it up. I don't know if it was halfway through or if it was minutes in, but it was on cable. So like, I I was at a friend's house, um, and it just came on TV at like two a.m. and I didn't know the title of the movie, and it was just such a surreal experience because like it's it's found footage, right? It's found footage party movie. Found footage, yeah. So I I. Had, that was in the middle of the found footage boom. So I was so used to found footage being horror and I was waiting for horror to come because I it figured never it would be. And then I'm I, surprised I think I saw at the didn't... end, it said produced by Will Ferrell, I think. And I was like, what yeah. is this movie?
0: I'm surprised we didn't get more like off genre found footage. That feels like a huge missed window, doesn't it? I feel like found footage does have the ability to lend itself to other genres.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they've, tried. they've tried. They've tried um but you know maybe project x was showing them that they shouldn't
0: or it was the pinnacle
1: and like why would you bother trying (laughs) again?
0: i don't want to hitch my wagon too hard to project X in case i watch it again and i think it sucks but
1: yeah i mean to be fair chronicle is also found footage and i wouldn't call it a horror horror movie that's like a
0: coming-of-age superhero adjacent movie
1: yeah
0: i guess uh, also, this guy also shot Step Up 3D mm. or and Deadpool.
1: Dang, <laughs> Step Up 3D to, to streets. No, step Up step 3D's up. nuts. Dude, no, dude,
0: other Step Up movies are coming up. Don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Including the one that you're referencing. <laughs> um, and then we've got Music. Music. That was weird i just that was really weird let's
1: think about that for a second
0: i think it's because his name is lucian so i wanted to say that like mucian is what i was gonna say music by lucian lucian Piane, who uh worked on i know him you do
1: yeah yeah he was the music consultant on uh rupaul's drag race for me absolutely um (laughs) he uh I don't, I don't know the guy he always rubbed me the wrong way though he seemed like a dick in the show
0: he was on the show
1: yeah 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 like it was like it like physically yeah like about once or twice every season the contestants do a music type of challenge and so he's yeah. like their their coach and he might also be at the judges table at the end oh i wasn't picturing that at all that's fascinating I've never seen
0: a much of RuPaul's Drag Race, so I don't know what the fuck they've got going on over there. I think I've I've seen more of RuPaul in the Brady Bunch movie than I have ever
1: of RuPaul's Drag Race. Dang, that's got to be like point zero one percent of the amount of RuPaul content out there.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like I I people are surprised when I say this. I don't particularly enjoy drag shows it's uh, it's i don't know why uh i just kind of never have maybe i just haven't seen the right ones but with that in mind like i've never had like a huge desire to watch the show because it's just sort of like that with the reality tv spin which is just not something i'm that interested in
1: sorry rupaul you're good in the Brady Bunch movie, though.
2: I liked you better oh. when you fracked your oil fields.
1: <laughs> Do you guys fuck with
0: uh, Drag Race? I
2: mean, yeah. I've watched uh, I've watched a fair bit of it, but I'm not like uh, I I haven't like sought it out. But if it's on, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it and have a good time.
1: Yeah, um, me and my partner went. Uh, so hard on it um over this last year that that now I'm on indefinite hiatus but I'm sure we'll pick it back up at some point there there is so much of it and, and we watched a lot of it dude we watched like i don't know like uh was this in between seasons of Love Island or something? Dude, we, we we dipped off Love Island because of it. We were going back and forth because Love Island was coming out, you know, day by day. And so we would go back and forth, Love Island, RuPaul, and then eventually just became all RuPaul. So I also haven't finished the newest season of Love Island. And instead, I watched like 15 seasons of, of RuPaul. That's a lot of RuPaul. <laughs> There, I mean, and and that's are... again, that's like point zero one percent of the amount of RuPaul uh, seasons. RuPaul there, is the so so host of
0: the reboot of the game show Lingo. Do you guys know the game show Lingo? Love it's Lingo. B- it's bingo with words. Yeah, <laughs>
1: um, yeah. RuPaul is the host of the reboot. <laughs> wow. Can we do that on the minute? <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. A game show. What were you saying about uh, you and Abigail? Oh, and I was Richard? saying
2: the next, our next sort of reality TV venture is going to be Milf Manor.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I ha- I haven't taken that plunge but I I I watched a uh like a review video with Brianna of the first episode. It just seems so like
0: It's definitely their sons, wild. right?
1: It is, Cora. It, confirm- it is yeah. it's confirmed. Oh yeah. yeah. Is it? It's well, confirmed. yeah, well, the, sh- the show came out. And
2: so, yeah, it's confirmed. It yeah. Milk Manor twists. Re- yeah. Revealed. They're dating each other's sons. Apparently. I didn't
0: know that they revealed the twist. I was waiting on with bated breath.
2: <laughs> yeah. Apparently that's the twist. It was kind <laughs> Dude, of spoiled that's so, for me That is
0: so good. Like, that's the funniest shit imaginable that's incredible i I gotta say the 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 reveal that is a genius
1: the reveal that i saw though very underwhelming i think i think i think the kids uh, i think they all knew about it beforehand because the moment is not what you would think it should be but do they actually pipe i
2: want people that (laughs) that I, i
1: i mean i'm sure they must at some point um somebody's doing something yeah, you'd want that reaction to really hit cuz that's like the whole
0: like the whole pitch to the network has to hinge on the reaction, right? Like that's such that, a crucial aspect of it.
1: That's right, but I guess like it must be it must be tough to get them on the show and keep that secret. Like what are you going to say? The mom is like, "Hey son, I'm going on the show where I get to maybe go on dates with with hot a young of, ho- yeah. men." And then the the do du- the sons are like, "Oh, that's funny. I'm also going on a show where I get to date on the milk hot show. women." So so yeah, there must have been something up. A damn yeah. shame.
0: Nah, too bad. Maybe yeah. So either I'll flip the coin and end up I'll watch Drag Race or MILF Manor. We'll see what's going on.
1: Yeah, let us know about MILF Manor, Mitch, when when you I get to it. Yeah.
0: They also uh Lucian Piane or Piane also worked on the seventy sixth and eighty second Academy Awards. So there you go. Okay, cast I'll try to do this quick uh, famous last words. Um, Brianna Evigan plays Cassidy. You will know her from step up to the streets. Liam brought that up earlier. So I was waiting for him to like say something and they just sort of.
1: Yeah. Well, I haven't actually seen the movie, so I don't, Oh, I don't know you haven't. I, can... I have yeah. uh, and also
0: step up all in and also do you guys think there was a Donnie Darko sequel?
1: Yes, S. Darko, it's on her yes. list yeah.
0: She's in that So she's also in that And a remake of something called Mother's Day
1: Yeah, I've seen that movie
0: But if you felt like you recognized her from somewhere else And you didn't watch Step Up 2 The Streets uh, Obviously her career began as a professional dancer And she was also um, In the music video for Numb by Linkin Park And a few other music videos
1: mm. It's a good music video to be in I bet she was on a lot of PSPs
0: I bet. No sure, no doubt. Uh and then we have a name I'm gonna struggle to not laugh at every time I say it, which is Leia Pipes. <laughs> does she? <laughs> she, ah! must. <laughs> she must. Um in the movie, she does not. I don't recall any specific incidences of that. Um she is Jessica. She uh it was in A Beauty and the Beast Christmas, uh charmed. Uh, Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, the originals, an episode of Drake and Josh, and also a soccer movie called Her Best Movie or Her Best Move. Sorry. Um, and surely we don't know about that because it came out around the same time as Bend It Like Beckham, and that's the only soccer movie any of us wanted to remember.
1: Dang, yeah, that that sounds like uh, I haven't seen those movies, and you know it's awesome that that she's gotten the work, but to me that that sounds like uh she didn't she didn't get what she was due. I I thought she was really good in this movie. And- the
0: Originals is television, so I think she was on that for a while.
1: Okay, cool.
0: So, if nothing else. But I also agree that like it's it's insane to me that like she clearly has chops in this and like you you'd think that maybe she got more out of it, you know what I mean? Um we've got Rumor Willis, the daughter of Bruce Willis and Demi Moore. <laughs> as Ellie. Uh, she, this is a fun list of things. Uh, she was in uh, the house bunny. Once upon a time in Hollywood hostage, the secret life of the American teenager, 90210 and dancing with the stars. <laughs> 90210 is about to come up a lot <laughs> and I wish that I knew more about it. So we could like really engage with that. Other than knowing it was like a cultural landmark,
1: yeah, it was just kind of before our time. You guys got to go to a different podcast
2: for that.
0: Yeah, you gotta, you gotta get like someone I don't know Neil's age.
2: Yeah, I mean, we we grew up when like the in the rerun of that era, where where they would be showing reruns on TV, and I would always just change the channel.
0: Yeah, well, we grew up yeah. like when you'd watch the Drake and Josh episode I mentioned instead of the nine hundred two one zero. That's just the that's the age True. bracket we were in.
2: That was for um, adults
0: yeah uh so we've got jamie chung as claire this is a fascinating one so i'm gonna start with the reality tv angle are you familiar with the real world yep the mtv show the
1: real world also before our time but
0: so jamie starred on the real world san diego and then did a few other things including the real world road rules
1: challenge and, oh, I've become a big challenge head over the last few months, so maybe I've seen her in it.
0: And she is widely considered the most successful alumnus of the real world. Like, she is known as, like, the one who did the real world and then had an actual career. Like, that's her thing. Um, that's cool. She was She's in Lovecraft Country. She was in Big Hero 6. She was on Gotham. She's in the reboot of Dexter. She was in Sin City, A Dame to Kill For. Um, The Hangover is part two and three uh, already tomorrow in Hong Kong uh, the bad Dragon Ball evolution movie and also uh, the cutscenes for Command and Conquer Red Alert 3 that's awesome yeah if you're unfamiliar are you guys familiar with Command and Conquer Red Alert 3 yeah the
2: cutscenes are fucking hilarious
0: yeah the uh fuck what does he say Uh, oh man Tim Curry has a really fucking funny line in that he's so good at it he's hamming it up he's eating the scenery dude yeah uh but yeah jamie chung is like you know big time deal um we've got margo harshman as a chugs who uh, apparently was on the big bang theory maybe that's what i recognized her from i recognized her from somewhere and then the rest of this list didn't really help me were you a um, big banger no but my dad and my stepmom watch it a lot so uh. i've seen a lot of it like as like collateral damage it's a show that like genuinely like irks me to to be in the same room as um but you know can't win them all uh she was also uh on even stevens so maybe i recognize her from that but i don't remember i remember watching even stevens but i don't remember her being on even stevens is the problem that i had
1: yeah i can't i can't picture her either but um That's that's an also a great show that was kind of Lizzie McGuire esque, but it got a bit more fantastical with some of its plots.
0: Her character's name was Tawny. I don't remember that.
1: Oh, she was Tawny. Yeah. Oh, Tawny. Yeah, Tawny is like the uh, the main friend of of Lewis. I
0: know you, but you'd think I could picture that, and like, and in my head, I just couldn't.
1: Oh, you! I had a huge crush on her. Yeah. Good to know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's cool. Um. Yeah, I, I cuz I know I watched Even Stevens but I, I was just stuck on that one. Uh she was also on 90210. And um she was in a movie called The Adventures of Big Handsome Guy and His Little Friend, which I just included cuz that's hilarious. Simple as that, really. Uh Julian Morris plays Andy. Uh he was on Pretty Little Liars and Once Upon a Time and New Girl. <laughs> So it was like, if you were watching television, you probably came across this dude at some point. And then we've got Audrina Partridge plays Megan. Briefly, Uh, she was in Into the Blue to the Reef and also Scary Movie 5. However, this is where the context becomes important. Are you familiar with the show The Hills? Yep. Yeah. So Audrina Partridge, Patridge, sorry, along with Lauren Conrad, Heidi Montag, and Whitney Port were on the Hills. So she's she's primarily famous from that. She had like two acting roles, but she was on she was big from that reality show. I remember Heidi Montag's like peak of fame really, really well for some reason. <laughs> like specifically Heidi Montag, I remember being very famous. And her boyfriend's name was like Spencer Pratt or something. Yeah. Yeah. For a yeah, really big right. deal for some reason. She was also also on Dancing with the Stars. Which I think is, is great. This was the person. This was th- this next character was she was driving me crazy trying to place where I knew her from. Uh, Carolyn DeMore or DeMore. I don't even know. Plays Maggie. And she has a very recognizable face. I thought so, too. Um. So she is in a few other movies, including something called Pizza with Bullets. Interesting. But so she is currently on a reboot of The Hills. Oh. But for that, in the 2000s, she did a few things. She was a model. She was in the EDM music scene um, before... Keeping Up with the Kardashians launched. She was developing a reality show with Kim Kardashian and was a regular appearance on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. She had an appearance on Nine Hundred Two One Zero and Entourage and was friends with like Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie and stuff. So she was just sort of like a socialite, model, musician, actor, reality star, wonderkind. Dang!
1: So this movie was like a a um. The casting is so self aware. Yeah, like a, it's like a collection of of pop culture even more than more than we were talking about. Like this this was for people who kind of knew what was going on and uh might go see the movie for these reasons perhaps.
0: Yeah, like they got a sorority sister group full of like recognizable actors and like reality stars basically
1: and just put them all together, which I think is extremely smart. This is a cool approach, and it's funny comparing that to something like Black Christmas two thousand six, just a few years prior, because that cast is made up of, uh, um, you know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, Michelle Trachtenberg, uh, Gretchen from Mean Girls, um, you know, also recognizable faces uh, from the er from like the the mid two thousands. Yeah, that cast is insane the black
0: christmas 2006 cast is crazy um and also uh carolyn demore is also the ceo of a company called pizza girl inc and they make like pasta sauce and pizza sauce and stuff and also her family owns like a chain of pizza restaurants just down for the pizza with bullets yeah um then we've got carrie fisher uh as mrs crenshaw of course best known for charlie's angel's full throttle And nothing else. Never really did anything else other than Charlie's Angels Full Throttle with Lucy Liu and Drew Barrymore and whoever the third Charlie's Angels in that movie is. I don't remember. Somebody else. Who's the other one? Don't know. Who's who's the other one? This is going to drive me crazy. Cameron Diaz. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Also, in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, Crispin Glover plays a character called the Thin Man. Just thought that was weird. It's it's a matter of time until we either end up doing Charlie's Angels full throttle or the Kristen Stewart Charlie's Angels. It is a matter of time. <laughs> like that is an inevitability on
1: this show. Mitch Corey's teeing you up for your pick again.
2: <laughs> Very disheartening. Do it. Don't be a
0: coward. Well, this
1: isn't in theaters.
0: <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. Um. And now we've got the boys of the cast. Uh, We've got Matt O'Leary as Garrett, who uh, we'll all remember from Spy Kids 2 and 3. I genuinely did think I recognized him from somewhere. That's where it was. Um, Somebody unmuted a mic for a second. I wanted to let them go.
1: He he was was just a badass in those movies. Yeah. Uh,
0: Live Free or Die Hard as well. He's also in the Nev Campbell movie Skyscraper. That was a good movie, which also might have the rock end it or whatever. Who cares? Um, Matt Lanter plays Kyle. Uh, he was in Disaster Movie and Vampires Suck. So two parody movies. And then he became the voice of animated Anakin Skywalker and has been that ever since. He's been Anakin Skywalker's voice since like 2008 in cartoons. Just quietly. Who knew? And Matt Lanter was also on 90210. Uh, Max Hennard was Mickey. This is kind of all he did. Um, Rick Applegate plays Senator Tyson. He's in She's Out of My League. Uh, starring uh, Canadian hero Jay Baruchel. And then we've got Ken Bolden as Dr. Rosenberg. And Nicole, Nicole Moore as Joanna. That's everybody I've got down. So that was like... I do think all of that context was necessary because I feel like we were saying earlier how this movie feels very specifically of a moment. And I think the cast
1: is a really important reason why it like this explains a lot. I think I agree. Yeah. I think, uh, this is, um, It's an interesting hodgepodge of people. Like, I think the point I was making with Black Christmas, I didn't really say it, but like those were, that was a group of like established actors who have, who have continued to, uh, um, maybe not all the way continued, but they were, they were established up to that point. Whereas this seems to be more of like a, like a hodgepodge of, of recognizable figures, um, as well as people who, who, uh, you know, are, are cast because they just probably nailed the audition. So is cool to see
0: totally yeah very cool and so the gist of this movie is essentially what happens if a youtube prank goes horribly wrong it's just a prank bro it was just a prank bro so this movie starts at a party at a sorority party and a group of sorority sisters from oh geez louise theta fuck i should have written this down theta Theta pi sorry theta pi is that it? I thought there was a third one. I was trying to remember a third one. I'm hmm. I'm pretty confident. It's theta pie, bro. I, be- I'm- I-, I believe you. I I just want to. Yeah, it is theta pie. You're right. I'm just an idiot. I think I read kappa kappa die earlier and thought that maybe I was missing something. Um. Anyway, so theta pie. They're having a party, and they want to prank Garrett, who is the the one thing I want to make sure I get down. He is the brother of chugs chugs. Thank you.
2: Nothing gross happens with that relationship.
0: No, nothing at all. Um, and he was like, used to be with one of the girls in their friend group cheated. They're trying to get back at him. And so in a convoluted scheme, they lied to say that they gave him roofies so he could hook up with her again without complaint, which is its whole, which is a whole other problem. And then they didn't actually give roofies, they gave placebos, and she's pretending. And now they are pretending that the drugs went bad and that she is now having some sort of health emergency and dies, and that they needed to go get rid of a body in a panic. And you know, this is a long walk to take. And at a certain point, they probably should have realized that this prank was a bad idea, but they drive frantically out to this trick or treat ass mine field, not mine field, but uh, explosions like, are going <laughs> off everywhere. Like a quarry area is what I was trying to say with a mine shaft. It looks like it reminded me a lot of trick or treat. Actually, I don't know if that's just because I saw it recently or what, but big trick or treat vibes and they're like they have her friend body on the ground but then her friend uh megan quickly takes out like a flip phone and they're gonna film it and like trick him and they're like theorizing like oh my god what do we what are we gonna do we need to get rid of this body and then somebody makes a comment about oh like if we try to dump her in this water like there's air in her lungs so she'll float
2: and she has silicone breasts
0: and she's also got fake boobs and then to try to fix that they're like pretending to get rocks and they're about to reveal to garrett what happened and garrett gets a tire iron out of the back of the car and stabs megan in the chest to get the air out of her lungs so they can get rid of this body so it goes from a fake murder to a real murder extremely fast and they ultimately decide after some pushback from Cassidy to dump the body and just move on because they want to be able to protect their lives and reputations and sort of rationalize what it would mean for them to continue living their lives and what their friend would want cut to the end of the year they're having the finale party and they start getting mysterious texts from somebody claimed to be Megan that you know she's not dead and she's back and it's bad and people start dying and they need to figure out like what's happening and who's trying to get back at them for this thing that they did. And, uh, you know, Cassidy's kind of moved on with her friend group. She's got a boyfriend now. And like, she just doesn't want anything to do with them. Cause she feels wronged by the decision that they ended up making, uh, that she felt forced into. And so like, there's a lot of tension in that group and rationalization and this or that, and just you know, a little bit of selfishness and just, uh, this like transition point in people's lives really running up against each other. And then they're like, Oh, well, I guess we got to figure out what's up with all these people getting murdered at this party that we're throwing. And also, uh, Carrie Fisher is a shotgun at one point, which feels ge- worth mentioning. You're
2: getting way ahead of yourself.
0: <laughs> that she is a shotgun.
2: Yeah, that's like the, the very end. She dons the shotgun.
0: Well, at one point. True. That's up. you know, it's a point. Just, she
2: does have one. She doesn't have one. Fair point.
0: If people needed to pause the podcast right then and there, I just thought they should know that. You know. Uh, so let's talk about this movie. I want Mitch to go first. Uh,
2: You could do a lot worse. Um, I think... This is... There's a lot of things here that I I like. I think... One of the things that I've always loved about the slash movies is that they kind of take that... um, the tropes of a whodunit and kind of dress it up to be more violent and more over the top and oversexed and, and, but at the core of a good slasher film, you have a who it, and they drum that up pretty well. I think the movie opens I- interestingly enough here, but I fundamentally didn't care about the mystery. And by the final reveal, I didn't even really give a shit. Um, I think the, enjoyable parts about this movie or like the, the interesting parts about this movie are the calling cards kind of from the period and if you have an affinity for that time or if you were alive then and kind of <laughs> living I, I think it's it's interesting to kind of go back and visit and see the way things were like um
0: it's a time I, capsule it's a
2: time capsule and i think that that's one of the things it has going for it uh some of the kills are pretty cool I especially really like the glass bottle one and i think Dude. That the, there yeah, that is the roadie there is a really cold geometry to the weapon that the main sort of slasher uses like that that modified tire iron essentially that uh <laughs> has like knives on it. Is that a part where he gets the guy through the wall with it where he just like can, kind of can like use the geometry of the thing to get the kill because it's uh like window pane shaped or cross shaped. And, um, so that's a really cool kill. Um, but I didn't really care about the plot. I think that the dialogue is pretty cringe here and it feels, uh, rote with that being said, I think maybe every, I don't know, every like 30 lines or so, like there's something genuinely funny being said or, or something outrageous, like kind of, or shocking. So I think that there is some interesting stuff going on there. Um, I didn't really care about the characters all that much or their motivations or I think the ending is is pretty shitty too. I think it really falls apart in the last act but I do think it does some interesting things earlier on when they're building that mystery. I just don't like where it builds to. All in all I'd say this is a pretty watchable film but it's getting a, a fairly mid score from me. I think still mostly positive but because there are good things in it, I think Carrie Fisher is wonderful in it, um, and I think just some of some of the the really catty banter is hilarious. But by and large, it's not my favorite, and I think you can do a lot better within the slasher genre. And I think certainly you can do better within like movies from this period as well that exist within that genre too. So it's it's watchable, it's solid. There's some fun things, but it's not. Uh, not like the the greatest thing I've ever seen, but worth checking out for a couple of reasons. All right,
0: Liam, what what do you think? As it's it's it's, it's oh, oh, I was gonna say it's always interesting when somebody's got like a mixed take because we can't quite do that like the who's gonna be on the good side, who's gonna be on the bad side. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like this could go anywhere now.
2: Passionately defend this movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> I don't really feel strongly one way or the other about it.
1: Um, well, I want to bring up that last night, Corey, you, you messaged me and you said uh, you, th- you said you think it's going to be an interesting episode. And you um, you said that you think it, it depends on what Mitch is going as, as yes. to say as to what vibe is going to be brought to it. And I said, oh, you think that he's going to be the tiebreaker? And you said, no, you think it's you think that you and I. Uh, feel the same way and that and that mitch will be the deciding factor so i want you to explain that what you think is going on yeah. and, that, and then i want you to go okay so i'm gonna yeah, what say you
2: mean by that cory i'm gonna I, say I something know. a
0: little bit crazy i'm gonna say something a little bit crazy i'm not even sure i fully believe this but i had the thought yesterday and i haven't let it go oh gosh if you ask me right now to make a top we've done a lot of movies on this show right so this number is going to seem big but it's not that big. If you ask me to make a top 20 movies, 25 movies we've ever watched, this is on it. Really? I loved this movie like a lot. Like a lot. Huh. I fucking loved this movie, dude. Um and I'm surprised. Like I don't know what to do with that. But I think this movie's fucking hilarious. Um I think it's written really really great. I think all of these characters are just great kind of like bad people <laughs> that are very fun to spend time with and just have them say ridiculous things. And every performance feels like absolutely tonally bang on and uh I love the way it feels so extremely of its moment and i do think the slasher elements that it leans into are really really well executed i think the violence is limited but it's really effective that bottle kill is fucking crazy i like audibly went like ah like oh my god when that happened that got me dude um really interesting stuff going on there i think some of the like frat boy party stuff in the beginning of the third act with like mickey and stuff's fairly mid Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't particularly crazy about that, but like as an overall viewing experience and especially on the strength of like what the main chunk of the cast is doing with this, um, and that unique, as we sort of mentioned, like that unique late aughts like cynicism to this kind of popular girl stereotype person. Um, oh dude, this movie's so good. This movie's so good. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. I'm very surprised at how much I liked it. I had a great, 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 great time. And so what I, what I felt while watching it is that I could see Liam agreeing with me, or at least close, but I was worried that Mitch was going to hate it. So I'm actually fairly relieved. <laughs>
2: It does seem with the kind of well, based on my past appraisal of say like Black Christmas twenty nineteen or something, yeah, which I think is cause this is,
0: this movie's got like shades of that.
2: It's got shades of that. I think it does it much better. I think it's a much more competent uh, script for starters, um, and I, I think it's more interesting. But yeah, it's got shades of that going on. But there's I think there's enough good here for me to take away that I like it, and I do. I do think it knows what it's doing for the most part. I just think that um, the central mystery doesn't work for me at all. And I, I think what you have to take away from that is whether or not like everything else works for you. And I think to a point it does, but a lot of it is, is kind of clumsy and just not really my bag. Um, but I, I do think like it's a, obviously like a very deliberate and uh a deliberate movie you know in in the sense that they they know precisely what they're doing it's not oh yeah yeah
0: liam was that a satisfactory answer
1: (laughs) yeah really satisfactory
0: is that what you were expecting me to say i feel like anytime i message you during a movie i play my hand a little bit but i could not help
1: it yeah well so so while i was watching it you know it 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 crosses my mind what you guys are going to be thinking of it um and and i for you Corey, i thought that um I was having trouble figuring out if you were gonna. I thought I thought there was a chance you would hate it. I thought there was a a good chance that you would um that you would think that uh you would be rolling your eyes a lot and like almost I'm be aff- offended okay. by it. Like not in I like say? a not in like a fragile offended way, but just in like a uh, you're just not down with the with the humor and you just like think. I, it's, I also
2: uh, thought that I, I was also yeah, thought shockingly down the with the
1: humor.
0: Yeah, I was. I'm in it. I was I was down. I'm I was there for it.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's really good. That's that really is awesome to hear. I love I love I love when you like stuff, and I especially love when you like stuff um, that that I suggest. It makes me feel very powerful.
2: It yeah. is a good satire of of that sort of Greek life. I feel like if you know people who are in like sororities or, or fraternities, and just kind of like the scumminess, and also like the culty quality of it too of Greek life, and how they all they all stick together. Uh, even if they hate each other, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. So I think it is like a, it's a good satire in that sense. And I feel like it's relatable too. I mean, I never got into any of that and for good reason, but um, not a big fan of tire irons. <laughs> I, more like no, a, I can get behind like, tire irons. More like a five iron. Am I right? I want to hit the links. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to know what Liam thinks. though. I mean, you picked the movie after all, and we never really asked you why you picked it. Oh yeah.
1: It's a good question. I picked this because it's my favorite movie of all time. No. Um, I picked this because uh, I explained a bit at the tail end of the last episode. I picked it because I I think it fits really well um, uh, with a a theme of movie that, that we've been tackling a lot of. You know, the mid-2000s horror remake is, is a massive well um, that ties really, that, that is often the definition of they made another one, if, if not by sequels, then by remakes. And um, this is a, a more forgotten one. Uh, you know, it's not talked about as often because it's not a remake of a massive movie like Nightmare on Elm Street or, uh, or Texas Chainsaw Friday the 13th, you know, it says a lot that none of us have seen the original movie. Um, but I knew that this was still a a mainstream horror movie. So it seemed like we had to check it off. In fact, I, I've seen this movie. I saw this movie on pay-per-view in 2009. Um, Ooh. And I did that because it was it was a it was a new horror movie, you know. And it, 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 I watched it with my family. Um, and you know, we were talking earlier about being tired of slasher movies in the '80s. When I saw this movie in 2009, even though I was a horror guy, um, I was I was kind of over this uh, this this remake glitz thing at the time like this was this was around the time of the stepfather remake which i also saw on pay-per-view um Friday what do you think third. of that
2: of the remake of the stepfather have we have we departed that one
1: uh have no. we uh yeah it's it's on our list but no we haven't um I, i'd like to do it at some point my memory is that it's just it's very bland um mm-hmm. uh i think that it's a pg-13 and so I think it just kind of guts it. I would compare it more to, to uh, a When a Stranger Calls of, of the two thousands with without obvious, like obviously the hook of When a Stranger Calls lends itself to some cool stuff. But I think mm-hmm. the the, uh, the stepfather it ends up just being pretty flat because it it has less of a hook than When a Stranger Calls.
2: So. The eighties movie is so colorful too, and so and so uh, so dark. Oh yeah,
1: super dark, so creepy, and I don't remember, I don't remember the remake having that, but I am curious to go back to that one, because it's been a Sorry, long time. Sorry, I didn't mean to
2: derail you with, with questions about another movie. No,
1: no, I'm happy to talk about it, Um, and the Sorority Row has stuck out to me more than The Stepfather, but I still remember feeling similar ways about them, like I remember Sorority Row, I had an okay time with it, and it, and it was more memorable than The Stepfather, like I remember some of these lines, I didn't know that I remembered them, but hearing them again, I was like, Oh man, I kind of used to quote these like with my friends who I don't even think saw the movie, but some of these stuck out to me. Um and I, you know, I remembered the setup with uh Megan getting the tire iron wedge in her body at the beginning. I remembered the uh the the bubble bath or I what would you call that? Foam pit. Um that happens at the sorority house. I remember that. I didn't remember who the killer was, so that that was fun to experience again and be along for the guessing, but um my, my my memory was that this is a more forgettable, bland slasher, slasher remake, and so I was really eager to re-watch it because my opinions on 2000s horror movies have changed a lot. My opinions on slashers have changed a lot. I liked slashers back then, but I hadn't seen nearly the amount that I've seen at this point, um, so uh, I was excited to watch it again. And I got to say, I uh, unfortunately for you, Corey, I, I'm more in line with Mitch here. Um, I don't I don't hate this movie at all, but I, I do not share your love for it. Um, I, I, I have more love for it than I did back then. I'm glad that I rewatched it and I and I would rewatch it again in the future. And the reason is honestly exactly what Mitch said, where he Mitch, you said that like forever you like. 30 lines there's there's one that really hits i would probably um uh make that ratio even a a bit smaller i think there are there are more hits than that but but i do think that there are there are quite a few um misses um lines that just seem like it's it's tough to tell if they are like making fun of the thing or just just being the 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 uh The dopey thing and I I think uh, where the movie shines is in lines that are that are truly witty and um, and that I can that I can laugh at I think there's some really great ones and I think there are great ones that are bolstered by their delivery Um, I wouldn't call all of this cast uh, good I wouldn't say that they have the riz I think some of them are pretty bad actually but I think that some of them bring the heat I think they um, per- got the riz. No, All the way through? Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, no, not for me. That's not old. at all. Not I don't all. think that
2: for a minute. Um, I, don't, I, th- I don't think none of them really looked the part, too, which is one thing against them. But keep going. Keep going. How? <laughs> they They look way too old to be in a sorority. Oh,
0: they don't look that too old to be in a
2: sorority. I don't think that's true at all. Uh, Some of them do.
1: Um, I think that that, uh, Jessica Leah Pipes is, is for sure the star. I think that she does the most with her lines. I think she, um, is given, she is on another level. She's given the most to work with, but also a lesser actor wouldn't have been able to, to work with it the way she does. So I think she's awesome. But I think some of the other, some of the other characters here kind of fall through the cracks for me, like Jamie, Jamie Chung's character and, um, uh, rumor Willis's character. I I, wish I would say that...
0: she's the weakest element of it. Which one? Uh, rumor Willis.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I wish she had more. Um, I agree. And so the line, the 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 wittiness, um, the occasional wittiness. Because again, there are I I do think that there are lines in here and 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 setups and payoffs that 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 don't work and just uh feel like they are um uh just like just like weak and gr- and and gross uh extensions of 2000s culture as opposed to like making fun of 2000s culture um and yes. uh, uh, uh for what it's worth i would also agree with that <laughs> yeah and i think that you know i i could handle that it 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 doesn't need to be every joke doesn't have to land where the movie also doesn't push it into love it territory like i do something like um house of wax 2005 or even friday 2009 is i think um by and large the filmmaking just doesn't have like the weight to it i don't think it really i don't think the the actors are directed in a way where they all can can bring the heat like even even at the uh at the end when when we get our reveals when we learn who the killer is it just i i don't feel the weight in in the way that it's staged and blocked out i i don't think the the final set piece um stands out enough i think that the uh the who done it aspect could have been underlined a bit more whereas i think this movie ends up being uh really content just having the uh the sorority sisters bicker and I think um, as, as much as that works, I think it the fact that it doesn't dive more into the the actual uh, um, drama of, of the story um, is, is what makes it not all the way hit for me, because um, I think they could have done that and still been a black comedy. But I think it gets it gets carried away a bit. And I also think as much as I like the concept of some of these kills, like the, the bottle kill really is an awesome concept. Again, coming back to the filmmaking, I think that the way a lot of the kills are shot is it's kind of tough for me to like feel the impact of what's going on because a lot of them are way too close up. I think edits in the
2: wrong places too. Lots of cuts.
1: Yeah, lots of cuts and really close up, and so it's it's hard to see the effects. And like, even though this is rated R, which I'm which I'm glad about, I think that um, the way that the kills are shot. Uh, makes it so that i can't actually appreciate the effect all that much um and so even though the kills are nice on paper like homie getting the getting the tire iron through the wall into his Mm -hmm. throat um I think that's 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 awesome, but I think that the the way it's actually staged and edited together with all those close ups, I think it doesn't let the uh, the practical effects do enough work. Whereas I think something like My Bloody Valentine two thousand nine has the goods in that regard, and, yeah. uh, and and pushes it all the way. And so so this ends up adding up to being something that I, that I like, and I just and I wish I was able to love it and i'm glad i revisited it because now i'm reminded that there are there are things to like in it um but but it doesn't go it doesn't go all the way for me it would it would add up to being like a six out of ten
2: or so give it a a number i'd probably fall in the same place it's a it's in the six out of ten range for me too i think it's it's watchable i think there are times when it soars high above that six out of ten there's there's times when the satire is operating on a really good level and there's like moments where the dialogue is like humming and it's hitting all the right notes uh and then it sort of just falls into these transgressive lulls or or um the, the kills again feel pg-14 i think that that's a really good way of putting it i feel like the only thing that's really giving this movie an R rating is just how overly crass a lot of the dialogue is and like just the the sex elements too there's a lot of like sexuality and nudity in the film but the the violence itself i think is sort of uh downplayed which i think is not good for your slasher um, I don't know. This this sounds like the take uh, from guys that don't run a house with 50 crazy bitches. That is a great line. <laughs> it is hilarious during that scene with the shotgun because she's continually racking the slide, even when she's not shooting, which just like unloads your shotgun essentially. Well, and uh, then she
0: does run out of bullets. So, you know, you yeah. lose some. You lose some. <laughs> yeah. 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 That is awesome. <laughs> um, so here's the issue I'm coming up against. I don't have rebuttals. You know what I mean? Like, all I can say is that I liked more of it than you guys did. But I don't know how. To, I don't know if I have a way to articulate that in a way that I think makes a convincing argument. Because the pieces are all the same, right? Like, I don't think this movie is secretly doing something that you haven't acknowledged. And that what makes it great. I think it just happened to hit when I watched it. And that's kind of all I've got is that when I watched it, it fucking hit and I had a really good time. And
2: I'm shocked by your top 20 of all time rating.
0: Well, from them in another one. And then I did adjust that to 25. Yeah. I I do think think it it would be, it would be like 25, 24 maybe, but I'd have, I am saying that. And I did caveat that sentence with, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this and I might not actually believe it because I'd have to go actually look at like, what I'm forgetting that we've watched, and surely maybe it wouldn't actually make it.
2: But um, but you're just high on it right now. Which is, I was just you know, really good. taken
0: with it. I was really taken with it. I think the biggest thing I want to underscore is I think that that core group dynamic is better executed than it seems that it was for y'all. I I think what I found really interesting, especially early, the movie does something interesting, which is that um the whole opening setup from the prank to when. Megan dies to what they do afterwards is like it's each character just sort of individually rationalizing out loud for themselves what they're comfortable with doing here and and what self preservation tactics or lack thereof or what like mortal compass or lack thereof is present and i thought that that was like a genuinely compelling like way to establish who the characters were it's just, Quickly put them in a fucked up situation that resolves itself fairly quickly, and and hinge it on the way that they deal with each other because it's got like that baked in um, sorority dynamic. But then to have Jessica just sort of very clearly or early establish herself as like this sort of um, like mean and selfish kind of like, uh, for want of a better phrase, like it's that like generic popular girl high schooler kind of archetype that she's got where she's like, I'm gonna go just be like a politician's wife and be like cool and hot or whatever and I don't really actually care about any of this and I thought that that bounced really well off of the 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 archetypes that we were getting from the other members of the group I think in execution and perhaps also in stuff to do like rumor Willis is again like probably the weaker element of that but um, I really 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 do like uh, Brianna Evigan as Cassidy and I also really do quite like um, uh, Margot Harshman as Chugs and i think that and jamie chung too is good actually i think really rumor wills is probably the one that i have the biggest sticking point with uh and also um carolyn demore is is great she's great i wish she was in more of the movie um but i i think that that core dynamic just really worked for me so then when you're getting like these particular kinds of dialogue and this, like, really crass humor of the time, and those kind of things. I think they all roll together really well because I just buy it. And I think that helps sell some of the stuff that maybe didn't hit for you because I'm with the movie already. Um, and I do want to give a lot of credit to that because I do think that the dialogue is good, not just because it's funny that Andy says that he gets a call on his flip phone and says that he's updating his Facebook status, but, um, something more fundamental about the dynamic kind of worked well for me and and the reasons that they end up being at odds and how that ends up actually playing out. And it's, it's fun to have them be required to kind of team up again at, at the end. Um, and I like that even in those really high stress moments that they're still being like really needlessly petty, like, um, maggie is like in the middle of the road and they're trying to drive away to go back to that mine to try to stop this and she's just like by the way deal with your hair because it looks like shit and i'm just like this is the least of anybody's problems right now but it's funny to be bringing it up um i don't know it just hit sometimes it just hits um because i was a great line
2: one of my, another good line is when, was when Jessica finds Megan's like old mummified corpse. Oh in the my shower. God, She's dude, like, you look so like good.
1: shit. Dude, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it's Megan. She looks terrible. Yeah. Dude, so good. <laughs> yeah. I, I really think this movie has a bunch of like all timer lines that, that should have been given the time of day back back when this movie came out. I think the movie was written off as uh, another slasher remake. And I think that that might have come from like, the remake horror fatigue um even i as a kid as like a 12 year old had it um and i think that a lot of these lines are are really good and should have been quoted more i think there's some really good witty stuff in here that's not only funny but i also think um there's stuff that is a great extension of of the characters who are speaking and 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 conveys um you know the kind of person they are i guess my issue is that i think that that stuff is mostly confined to jessica's character i think sh- she's the best with it i think cassidy is kind of a a blank slate and she's the actress who i i th- i think is really bad actually um interesting uh, um so that that made it tough for me to uh, to have her be the uh the uh the focal point in the and the uh the grounding of of the cast because i i just didn't believe her and i think um the other characters i think mostly slipped through the cracks chugs would be the exception uh because she is is given such a strong personality and um and I, and I i really like that i think the actress as well miguel tawny but i think um the rumor willis character and the jamie chung character like in that in that scene where megan is is killed and they've got to figure out what to do um and get garrett included because he's he's not in that conversation at all which i guess is fine because this is a, a story about the sorority sisters but I think that Jessica really does all of the heavy lifting and the others just uh, fade into the background until eventually they're on her side. Um, And I think that um, because I, I I'm not buying Cassidy anyway. um, Now it's like the scene basically is just being carried by Jessica um, because no one else is, is really doing much. And I think, that's that's okay in terms of a writing standpoint that Jessica is is uh the driving force everyone else kind of bows to her like she she does a great job at manipulating the others and saying that you know their their boyfriends aren't going to stay with them and stuff like that and and this is what Megan would have wanted. I totally get that that maybe the others aren't going to talk in this situation and are just going to follow her. But then I think the problem is that later on in the movie as it goes on, I would like to know what those other sisters are going through what they're thinking what kind of what kind of people are they and i think that they they don't really get that and so i think that this ensemble cast um uh if they if they all worked for me this would be up there in the upper echelon but i think uh it it doesn't end up doing that i think jessica and chugs are are end up being the only ones that really have stuff to work with i think cassidy even putting the acting aside, I don't think she actually has all that much to do. And I think she ends up being a pretty underwhelming
2: lead. What do you think about that, Mitch? It's, it's difficult to say, right? Cause I think there are elements of it that I think are, are strong. I think especially, uh, it feels stronger in the first half of the film. Um, but I, I, I it doesn't feel that uh, believable to me that they're all kind of keeping this secret. And the way that the central secret kind of comes about doesn't, it just, it doesn't feel that like believable to me. And I, I think the ensemble, I think is, isn't that strong for the most part. And I think because it's not strong, the central mystery also suffers. Um, there's there's definitely like some some great interplay but um as a whole i think uh a lot of the bonds between the characters don't feel all that genuine i think in part because the situation itself is so artificial and everything about what do you want out of that everything about this movie is kind of artificial right um
0: they cast reality tv show stars like
2: yeah what were you so,
0: anticipating
1: well i guess well, yeah. I think they it shouldn't have arti- done that I, I suppose
0: but i also think saying that the premise of your slasher movie feels artificial is a bit of an unfair critique like
2: fine i mean fair which, which be... of
0: them feel legitimate <laughs> like
2: and no i i think like the whole the whole movie and, and how the characters interact everything it, it like uh, the dialogue feels feels rote and a lot of the like the characters and the relationships that, that they share uh, seem contrived. Like I, I, I just I have a very difficult time believing the characters in this situation, which is like fine. It's a slasher movie. Like, what, what the fuck do you want? But for, for me, I think like there are examples of slasher movies that do this whole sort of thing better, while also pulling off a more compelling mystery. And and I feel like the characters are usually what makes a mystery more compelling in most cases. And so for me, it. it it's it's kind of like both of those things working in in tandem, and, and it doesn't really work as a result, or not working in tandem, I should say. What do you think,
1: Corey? You were going to respond when when I finished talking.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what the exact last point you made was, because it was to that. So
1: I don't I don't exactly know precisely what I was going to say. That Cassidy is an underwhelming lead.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't I don't know what to say in response to these because the best answer I could come up with
1: is but I liked it. You know. Um well I want to hear what you liked about it. It doesn't got to be a debate. I just want I want to hear the specific stuff you uh, liked. I
0: don't know. It just I'm I've been trying to put that together because there's got to be some other element to it beyond like it just worked, right? Like there there does have to be something going on that's that's a making it work um n- being put on being put to have to articulate it because I do a podcast where I have to I have to do that I'm struggling a little bit um I don't know if that's to say that like the high I'm having is going to wear off and maybe like later I'll think the movie was like good but not great or something like maybe maybe the shine's already coming off the apple so to speak But I mean, I think what it kind of comes down to, I don't necessarily think that's true. I think like something just, I don't know, like, I don't know what to say about it other than I liked it. And that's not good because again, we make a podcast, Uh, making points is helpful. Um, I am struggling to do that. Uh, I don't know.
2: It sounds like it's just an intersection of things you like. You're fond of the I just period. liked you're, it. You're I, don't <laughs> I don't know. reality TV from that period, too. I'm, but and, what's and, weird, though, is I'm not. Like, I haven't seen, like, any of you it. You seem... You're more knowledgeable than I. Uh, I looked uh, it
0: up today because we're doing okay. the cast and crew okay. notes. Okay, you know what okay. I
2: mean?
0: Like, I'm not heated. Like, I don't you like... You could have had me
2: fooled, Corey. You could have had like, me fooled because you seem to have an enthusiasm for it.
0: No, I gotta say... I just gotta sound smart. Like, okay, I, I haven't seen a lot of those things, but, like, there's something to be said for just really um putting all of those pieces together I I just I just enjoyed the performance I don't know if I have great examples like a lot of my notes ended up being like quotes and stuff because it's funny so like uh-huh. I struggled with that but um I don't know well let's hear some quotes uh okay now I have to get the quotes up And I've said some of the funnier ones already. So, um, some of these, I also, I don't know how badly I want to say them. You know what I mean?
1: Um, why do they, do they sound bad? Some of them do. Absolutely.
0: Um, though it is funny when Jessica says that it looks like somebody has pimped out the murder tire iron saying that it looks pimped out is very funny. Um,
2: Uh, uh yeah, a lot of this stuff is is things I wouldn't be comfortable yeah, saying. Yeah, how many all... of
0: these do I want to say out loud? I'll concede that they made me laugh, which is a which is a me problem. You sick fuck. But um yeah, I don't particularly want to say some of them. Like it, I guess it's funny that they get texted text like hey the murderer's coming back and somebody just says this is why delete was invented and they just delete it and throw the phone away. <laughs> like thinking that that's how that works is pretty funny. Um, That is funny. Waxing isn't just for floors anymore. Burn. That was Um, good. That you know, I don't know. Uh,
2: oh, which is also peak two thousands. If you think of just like two thousands, you know, Um, body standards and grooming standards (laughs) of that time.
0: Yeah. Um, when Ellie, when the party, the last party is happening. And Ellie is having a her panic attack and says that Megan is back. There's a shot of Jessica and she just laughs like at her directly. And I thought that was funny because she goes, "Come on, nobody
1: is dead, Ellie. Well,
0: Megan is." And like, yeah, just the la-
1: the complete lack of care that she's showing in this situation. That's amazing delivery. She really, I think she is the best. She's part the, of the star. Movie, like
0: she's sure. she's really really great. Um,
1: um, another great line. I actually don't remember who said this i i think i think it's not jessica which is weird i think this might be Jamie chung's character let me know if you remember but it's when they're at the the mine shaft, which i think that scene has the most beautiful shot in the movie that astounds me actually and i wish there I was more stuff i bet we're thinking stuff. of the same shot we have to be cuz it's the only <laughs> striking it's, shot it is <laughs> and i wish they did more um well what is it like where was that eye it's the it's the silhouette the yeah. silhouetted shot of them at the mine shaft and they oh, shot sure. it. it's incredible they go to it a couple times um but it, it is like it, you would hang that on your wall it feels like it's like from the 70s or something it's a an amazing shot um Honestly, if, I don't know. I'm sure if you look up Sorority Row, you can find it. Uh, I, would, I would suggest people check that out. Um, but when, during that scene, uh, someone says, don't worry, at least she'll be warm, Cass. We wrapped her up in your bloody jacket first. When they're talking about dropping oh, Megan yeah. down the mine. That and was that, very good. That's an amazingly amazing written line where it's like it's an extension of what's happening it's not just a bulimia or like a a rape joke which there are a lot of in this movie that could have been in any other movie like this is literally like so connected to what's happening how they're trying to convince Cassidy to take part in it and also how they're threatening to um to lie and say that it was all Cassidy if Cassidy um uh, comes clean yeah, about like the what happened. Male. So it's it's an amazingly written line and I I I I wish that there was more stuff like that um like either explicitly or implicitly through those characters. And if I'm right and that's not the Jessica character, then that's great and I think that I I wish that we saw more of that and got to know more of how these other characters are feeling and I wish like the stakes just ended up feeling bigger i think that this movie this movie is is uh every character basically is awful all the men are awful i think all the women are awful um except i guess you can you can give cassidy her slack um and i think you can give uh maggie slack too because she she wasn't even she wasn't even there um but everyone else is is really terrible and and you know a good amount of them get killed for it but i wish actually that the movie went even further into like the 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 cynicism and um and and killed more of them at the end i think it's kind of bullshit that that rumor willis's character gets to live with cassidy um yeah i that's i can understand that for sure
0: it is interesting that there's definitely a version of this movie that is even more cynical. And I do think it might make the movie more effective in what its goals seem to be. You know what I mean? Like there's more that could be done with that. But I wonder if maybe they were worried about that taking away from like some of the more comedic tone. Like if it, if, if it was too like generally grim or, or if it risked becoming grim, I guess is more what I mean. Um, maybe that was
1: part of the consideration they were making. Yeah, maybe I just think that like it it toes the line and I just wish they went all the way because, you know, these characters who we've who we've uh who it's tried to make us grow to like like Chugs is the first to get brutally dispatched and I then Je- like, Yeah, Chugs goes too early I think as well. Yeah, yeah. She's one of the funnier. And then and then even even Jessica, you know, your 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 uh the, the character who I think you know has the, has the most charisma, um, certainly has the most to do in the movie. She ends up going too, um, and so the movie does get dark and is willing to to take those people out. And so I I guess I wish that it stuck to its stuck to its guns more. I think having the uh, the two most demure characters be the ones to survive is kind of the safe way out. I think it's uh, kind of
2: lazy
0: i mean they did have a cliffhanger though so maybe they were anticipating just getting
1: ellie out of the way early <laughs> round two
2: and it's a stupid cliffhanger ending, it's a I dumbass know. cliffhanger it's a dumb 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 ending yeah,
1: yeah did you guys understand what it meant immediately because i didn't i had to think about it no i still don't
2: <laughs> <laughs> i
0: i i Fair i enough. did but like it, it is dumb i will say uh it is worth underscoring just how uniquely terrible these men are, but in ways that do feel uh be- fairly believable. Like, because a lot of them are just like yeah, traditionally shitty dudes. They're not like super villains, right? Like Mickey's just sort of a gross dude. <laughs> like, and also like uh, the ultimate crux of all of this is uh, Andy starts killing everybody because he wants to be, have more control over her life. Basically um just shitty just shitty men
1: yeah i i really like the
0: the villain is the patriarchy here
1: well i like andy's andy's reasoning i wish that his character had more going up to it Um, he was on facebook the whole he was too busy yeah and and i wish that just like the way the reveal happened i wish it 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 had more of a had more of a a moment to it you know like I'm, i'm thinking of something like scream where like it's so distinctive when the reveal happens and every line feels so deliberate and like the location um feels very deliberate as well whereas this seems a bit more uh slapped together, Um, even though I think some of his lines, you know, make a whole lot of sense. um, I wish that his character had more there. And I'm also a bit confused because all the men are terrible in this movie. But I also think all the women, like I said, except except for uh, I'd say Cassidy and Megan are also terrible. And I don't I guess I just don't understand that, especially because uh, we have two of those characters survive. If everyone died at the end, I think I would like this movie a lot more. I think it would make more sense to me. But as is, I think it it, it goes in line with my confusion at some of the jokes where I think some of these jokes aren't really jokes and are just like like when Chug says, um, uh, it's too bad you're gay or you know when oh, she's I trying to I have that, that one dude? written
0: down don't worry I, we can read that one again I will say I am I want to say I'm embarrassed at how much I laughed at that because it's really stupid <laughs> uh she says Buried whatever yeah she says whatever move it loser not my fault you're gay yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. I, I, almost, I almost laughed reading it then <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: So I guess that that line is an example of like, it doesn't feel like it's taking the piss. It just feels like it's like a stupid line, a, a thing that like a, sh- a shitty person would say. And so
2: that's
0: fair that you know what? That's a very good point, because I also am laughing at it with a kind of like
1: post ironic remove. Yeah yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- yeah. And I think that's that's, you know, that's totally fair as well. But I think that that's just emblematic that line and the way that some of the awful characters survive in this movie but like some of the awful characters get their comeuppance i just i don't understand like what is supposed to be satire what is supposed to be where the heart is this movie just kind of feels like it's like a satire of women and a satire of men um but it but then it doesn't actually take get take irreverent that woke moralists <laughs> so yeah so i just uh I I struggle with some of it. Yeah. That's more reasons why I don't all the way love it.
0: That's totally fair. Yeah. I don't know. You know how sometimes when I, when I don't like a movie, I say that maybe it caught me on a bad day. I think I just, I think I watched this. I think I watched the row exactly when I needed to.
1: Oh, I thought I I thought about that actually when you said that for some reason it just hit and that makes me really happy because often it seems like stuff doesn't hit and I'm and I'm and I'm like oh man I wish Corey saw this at like a different time like, I don't understand last week
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah I am I don't I am I gotta I am very curious about like I don't want to I don't think I'm like subject to random whims when it comes to my takes on movies but sometimes if I don't watch a movie like or I have to squeeze it in or like I feel rushed or something like. I'm definitely doing the movie some element of a disservice. I, I'm guilty of that all the time. I could be a little it. fickle on that front where I'll just be like, I'll feel like I'm, it's like a chore that I'm doing. And then the movie doesn't have a chance unless it's like, I don't know,
1: really good. <laughs> so this one, did you, did, did anything change in the way you watched it? Like, did you watch it earlier than you sometimes watch these movies or something? No, I wanted to watch it on Monday
0: and I actually watched it yesterday and I wanted to start at five and I didn't watch it until like seven 30.
1: Oh well, yeah. So, so if, anyth- if anything, if anything I put mood. it off.
0: Yeah. And then uh it just worked out anyway. I don't know. Lucky me, I guess. And yeah, I think it's just like it's doing a weird mix of things that I think just happened to work really well for me. Uh and I will concede I think if anybody takes anything away from this podcast it's that no matter how good L- Leah Pipes career has been, it should have been better. <laughs>
1: yeah i i spent the whole movie thinking that she was an actress named uh katie cassidy who is in um, she's in black christmas right yeah she's in black christmas she's in friday the 13th 2009 uh and she's actually she's the blonde friend in one of stranger calls 2006 um she is and so I just I think that I knew that she was like in a lot of these remakes. And so I, I thought that she was in this movie and I, ass- I guess they're both blonde. And so I just assumed that that was her. Um, yeah. And so the fact that it, that it wasn't and it's this this woman who is seems like she's been in less stuff uh, is, is kind of a bummer because I thought I was like, man, this is the best Katie Cassidy role yet. <laughs> oh,
0: and I will say. Uh, I was thinking about when a stranger calls a lot during this. I think the biggest actual connection to make aside from the therapist's house having a big wooden door um, is th- I feel like they both have a really unique sense of time of like feeling like a time capsule. I think that's actually the biggest comparison to make. I don't think in, in actuality there's much of a comparison to make between them other than like 2000s remake of a of a horror movie. <laughs> with a girl in it. Like that's kind of it. But um I was struck by how they both feel very of that particular time, which is cool. Because again, a lot of the movies we watch don't really have that or not in this way. Like they they they'll feel that way in that it feels like a product of when it was made, but like not in in content but in like in like theorization like I'm not surprised that Leatherface came out in 2017 but that doesn't mean that it feels like a uniquely 2017 movie you know what I mean
1: Yeah I think I know what you mean I I definitely feel it a lot more with Sorority Row than I do Stranger Calls like I think Stranger Calls um feels like the mid 2000s because like they have flip phones and um, yeah. and maybe that's all it takes maybe i just want more movies with flip phones in them yeah maybe we've got to watch the remake of one missed call oh fuck i remember that one that coming that out on our list yeah you
0: remember the remake mitch
1: yeah yeah oh yeah the, that poster was iconic it's scary one yeah, missed dude.
0: call
2: what year was that let me just see
0: what oh wait yeah fuck? yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember this. Right. Why is it? Oh, it's mouths. Oh, yeah. I remember. It's mouths on the eyes. Know. It's
2: mouths.
0: It's mouths. I never thought that until literally right now. I thought it was an alien face.
1: That's the trick.
0: Is it, is it aliens in that movie? I guess I don't know, know,
1: know actually.
2: I it's Takashi Miike. Holy shit. I didn't realize that. No.
0: The the Western one is. Oh wait is, wait wait too? no it is
2: a remake of a 2003 <laughs> Japanese film. Yeah, yeah, oh I was like there's no way by. he
0: did both. That's it's a crazy. it's a
2: remake of Takashi Miike. Okay.
0: I, I want yeah is are the are the eyes a, or eye mouths a misdirect or is it both aliens and they're doing a thing?
1: I would I think I've heard that the poster is is misleading and the poster is way better than the movie and I think that that would mean that there are no aliens but I don't know. Yeah haven't seen the movie
0: yeah that is that is uh extremely i actually because i remember saying that i remember the sorority row poster and i remember the poster for this and i remember that fucking poster
1: yeah yeah it's a great poster
0: are we all are we all set here do we think
2: i think so i don't really have too much more to say about it
0: i've just realized how long we've actually been going holy moly
1: yeah yeah i'm set. i'll just stress that like the things i've been saying are reasons why i don't love it and i just I think I'm dwelling on that because um, I want to love it and I love so many movies like this. And so I just want to dissect why it doesn't get there. But at the same time, like, I think this is a really likable movie. Like there are so many lines that made me laugh. Um, uh, and I, I think it, it is it is a, an easy watch. I think it's it is a lot of fun Um I just wish that it it got all the way there for me, and maybe maybe one day it will. Maybe one day it'll it'll hit even more. so I wouldn't mind picking this one up, and having on a physical to pop in every now and again. So I would suggest that that people give it a try. It is uh, it is less forgettable than you might fear. It is yeah, even if, you Even if you don't, you end could up just as it. easily have my outcome as any yeah. outcome yeah and i think you could just as easily have the i hate this movie outcome oh, 100%. as well it, it, uh, like again easy.
0: uh it's it's this is a funny thing to say but like it's a coin flip that i didn't fucking hate this movie mm-hmm. i feel like i really yeah. do feel yeah. that way and like, i think
2: like, we we do watch so many movies like this that i feel like a lot of people might hate but we often find things that are worthwhile uh in them right and i feel like Perhaps if somebody doesn't have this interest in going back through resurrected franchises or reboots, um, this one might not hit. I feel like we are like a, a, a sort of a demographic that kind of delves into these particular kinds of movies and finds things worthwhile. Um, and I feel like maybe your average movie goer or your somebody who was just like, ah, oh, what am I going to watch tonight? Might not like appreciate. might not like th- it might not land with them. Uh, just like, you know, I think, I think so much so much of the time we spend looking for kind of like the diamonds in the rough and I feel like so like if you're just looking for something to watch you might be less inclined to do that.
1: That's a really great way to put it. I just want to say one more quote while we're here. This is Please. this is this is a good one. And this is like Again, uh, I think taps into character. I think this this is a good joke on multiple levers, levels. It kind of feels like the movie Heather's. Um, it's when uh, Andy, who has been revealed to be the killer, uh, says to says oh, to the say. girlfriend his girlfriend Ellie. He says, "We'll do Ellie together," meaning we'll kill Ellie together. He says, "We'll do Ellie together." You're always saying we need to do more stuff together. Oh, That's we picked so two good. different ones from that
0: section. I have a different line written down from then. I wrote that down but part of what I wrote down was when he says now let's go kill Ellie and we're off to my folks house for some well-deserved R&R right yeah yeah that's good like, stuff
1: that and my note after that quote is this script is an all-timer I was yeah. just like and uh, you know watching this movie I was really shocked that this j- does just have the slasher reputation and was just marketed that way like even the poster it looks like a hostile type movie it looks yeah. gnarly this is absolutely a horror comedy um i should and have leaned
0: into that more in the marketing i feel like the yeah. poster is a little misleading
1: yeah th- this is this is for sure a horror comedy and i think a lot of times it works
0: uh mitch what are we are we doing one missed call next week are we just getting right back in there
2: what's the what's the deal is it, is it actually me? Yes. It can't be. Yes, it can. Because I just picked. No, it was mine, but I
0: gave it to you because we did Avatar. So it's you pick- again. Do, do you want me to give you my pick? No, because then we're just changing the order that they go in. It's your pick. Okay. But you only picked Avatar because I suggested it. And then I picked Nightmare Alley because I basically gave you mine as a, as a return policy. So it's it's your pick.
2: Okay, I want to watch the uh let I me mean, just looking at that one I was
0: I gear. was going to be like we can't change the order cuz then now that I finally know what order these picks go in I'm going to start getting them wrong again. I want to <laughs> yeah. watch
2: the I want to watch the 1983 remake of Breathless.
0: Oh, okay. Is who's in that again?
2: Uh it's with uh Richard Gere. Right. Yeah.
0: Post American gigolo Richard Gere.
2: I know Mark Kermode says that it's better than the Jean-Luc Godard movie, but he says that everything Godard makes is pretentious, and I kind yeah. of agree. So that's
0: fine. I have not seen Breathless, so I don't care.
2: <laughs> Sorry, the Jean-Luc Godard. Mean?
0: Yeah, I have not seen Breathless.
2: You didn't watch it in, in film school? No. Liam, so. Have you seen it? Yeah, a few times. Yeah.
1: Is it good? I love it. Huh. Yeah, I've never think... seen
2: this one, but I've heard saw... people like love it or hate it. Vive so.
0: Savi was Godard, right? I saw that. Yes. Yeah. 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 I like that movie.
2: I didn't like that one. I didn't like it that much either.
0: Did I Did I like it? I think I liked it. I remember <laughs> liking it. I don't know.
2: I think it's very dramatic when she dies in a hail of gunfire at the end. But otherwise, it's it's kind of a sad movie. And that's pretty it that's sad. It wasn't sad thing because of dying in a hail of gunfire.
0: It was like that was the cool part. The way that I
2: phrased that, that it wasn't sad. It's a very <laughs> tragic end. But I mean, what a way to go. In the French New Wave, that's, like, the way that you go, you yeah. know? It's a hail of gunfire. Should I watch Breathless before then, or is it cooler if I only see the remake of Breathless? I think it might be cooler if you don't see the Godard, because I feel like
0: I... <sighs> I'm in. Yeah, I'll go and... I got it.
2: Yeah, I think It's see... like, I
1: have to see less movies, say no more. <laughs> I think you should... Like, I hate track movies, down... and I hate
2: watching them. <laughs> you should track down the Godard movie anyway like eventually Well, sure but,
0: but i'll watch this one first
2: but i think it's more interesting if you go at this this unblemished
0: great rock and roll uh do you want to plug anything ah! also i can't believe while well, he's doing that i can't believe but carrie fisher is great in this movie just to be clear i feel like that didn't come up a lot but she's very good
2: don't come near my girls
0: she gets like two scenes, but she's great.
1: Yeah, I couldn't figure out how I felt about her. Her lack of scenes—it kind of just felt like a glorified cameo to me. But then, that's fine. What she has is also cool. But I guess I I wish there was more of her, and we got to see her interact with the uh with the with yeah the, a little uh, more Black Christmas more. energy, right? Because all yeah, Black Christmas. Because all she does is like she says how much she cares about the girls, but like we don't really we don't see it,
0: right that's fair uh do you have anything you want to plug while we're getting out of here well this is ostensibly the end of the podcast
1: i have a film writing alter ego graham the haunted marshmallows you can check me out on twitter and Letterboxed at graham the mallow you can find me on twitter and letterboxd at
0: mr cory price and you can listen to the other two podcasts that i do uh both of which will have new episodes by the time this comes out um That is Strat 2 about F1 with our friend Callum and MK Podquest with our friend Neil about Mortal Kombat Ephemera and a bunch of other various bullshit. Uh, Those are both available at mortalcombatconquest.ca and also your podcast streaming service of choice. Thank you all once again for listening to this episode of They Made Another One. They Made Another One. They Made Another One. I, I wanted to see how high I could get that. The answer is really not very um you can find us all over the internet on twitter at they made another which is all one word and unletterboxed at tmao you can find episodes on anchor spotify apple and google Podcasts, stitcher breaker and everything else as they made another one you can reach us via email at tmao at with recommendations for future episodes questions comments and i don't have a good i don't have a good joke one from this movie oddly I can't think of a good thing to reference. So, just send us normal emails. You don't
1: have to do anything too crazy. We need a break from all your crazy emails. All your
0: all your bananas emails. Um, our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson, who you can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And with all that out of the way, we're going to catch our breath next week. And they made another one. <laughs>